When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Beaver Sports Podcast, presented by the Fearless Campaign in partnership with Toyota. Here are your hosts, Mike Parker and John Warren. Hi again, everybody, and welcome into this edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. Mike Parker with John Warren, our special guest, softball coach Laura Berg, coming up here in a moment. The podcast made possible by Fearless in partnership with Toyota in honor of current, past, and future female role models and OSU student-athletes. Really excited to announce the new initiative, Fearless Women of Oregon State Athletics. Fearless recognizes the excellence of our female student-athletes and educates our community about the many ways OSU athletics and our women's programs have redefined excellence in women's sports and encourages beavers everywhere to give to the future of women's athletics at OSU. You can learn more at ourbeavernation.com slash Fearless, and again, our thanks to Toyota for helping to bring this sponsorship of Fearless to life. And it's the perfect segue, that sponsorship, into speaking of Fearless and excellence in student-athletes at Oregon State, and in this case specifically in women's sports at OSU, the nationally ranked softball team coming off just its second appearance ever in the College World Series last year, a remarkable season and just about everybody back. Yeah, there's one player that isn't, but I'm really excited to start uh, another year. Coach Laura Berg beginning her 11th season at Oregon State as the head coach. Laura, thanks for taking time for us. What a year last year was. I kind of want to revisit a couple of things on that. But since okay. the season is just around the corner, what's your enthusiasm level, excitement level right now about getting 2023 rolling? Uh, I'm excited. I'm Anxious to get going. Um, I know the players 
and the coaching staff are at that point where we're just sick of practice and we want to start, you know, playing against other teams instead of always inner squad. So I know, I know we're at that point. So everybody is super excited and they're gun help. Coach Berg, in, in your long and decorated experience, how have you evolved or adjusted the way you approach the start of a season in terms of practices or points of emphasis <laughs> or drills? How does it look in year 11, maybe compared to when you started at Oregon State? <laughs> I think one of the biggest lessons, and I learned this late last year, um, was I can't control anything. You know, <laughs> if the bat is in the hands of the players, all I can do is just write the lineup. You know, if it's meant to be, it'll be, and just kind of, you know, relax and have fun. Hmm. Enjoy enjoy the process. Enjoy the ride. It took you until just last year? <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm a little stubborn and hard-headed at times, and so, yes. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's the sign. It might take me a little bit longer than others. Absolutely. That's the sign of a winner. Coach, that's interesting <laughs> you say that, though. We all watch games, and, and I've seen a lot of games and seen – Coaches in basketball, they'll get down into the defensive stance as the other team's bringing the ball up the court as they're standing in the <laughs> sideline in front of their own bench. Has your own, I get almost a, you know, nonverbal behavior, even the way you watch a game as it unfolds. Did you say you found a point of, of maybe some inner peace that you hadn't had before during last year's run? Yeah, you know, I, I can't do anything. I don't have a bat in my hand, you know. I have to... Understand and know that these guys are prepared. We did everything in our power to prepare them. Mm-hmm. Now it comes to them. And I think the fun part is, is you know, especially with, with flappers, you know, I'm in the coach's box and I see what it is that they're doing and they're on the same page as me without me even giving them a signal and I get excited and pumped up because I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Good job. You know, those, that, that part of the game is fun for me. Is there then a green light for certain players to to think, you know, get a sign from you and then do something else? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, if there, is people, if there are people on base, then everyone needs to know what page we're on. Um, if there's nobody on base, then, you know, there are some hitters that got speed, and so if they want to drop a butt, if they see an opportunity to be able to drop a butt, then, you know, they can obviously go and do that. Um, they've got the green light. But if I got a kid up that, you know, we need we need – uh, a, a run hit in from second base. I don't want them bunning. I want them hitting the ball hard into the gap. I'm wondering, though, you talk about your own demeanor and attitude and trying to, you know, becoming at peace with enjoying it and not knowing you can't take the bat up to the plate and come through with a hit in a particular situation. In your coaching style beyond that, I wonder, just like in practice and building up and ramping up to a season, does uh-huh. each team require points of emphasis, again, to use that phrase, in terms of the types of drills you run? Is that uh, somewhat dictated by the, the roster you have? I mean, have you evolved much in that way, preparing for a season? Each It seems like each year, and it's funny, I was having this conversation with my staff, it seems like each year there's something that we need to work on more than others. Mm-hmm. For example, Last year, it was first and third. We struggled with first and third for practice. I don't know what it was. It was a mind block or what it was. But we, it's like we had to do it every single day in order to get it right. This year, it's cuts and relays. And so we've been hammering and working on cuts and relays. So it just depends on, on the year and, you know, the, the maturity behind the plate. You know, we've got some, um, some uh, 
kids who now have Pac-12 experience that are behind the plate. And, you know, we've got more experience in, in the infield now, now that they're all sophomores and they, you know, have a year under their belt. And so it just, it, 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 it kind of develops in the fall, and then we kind of just go from there and what it is that we need to work on. Coach, when you get a group and you had a very young team that achieved at such a high level last year, and now there's another year of experience, so the hope, I'm sure, is along similar lines here in 23. But when you get a group of people that first report, I mean, you've recruited, you've understood, do you have early in camp or along the way drills that assume they know nothing, that they've never run a cut or a relay before, and this is how we do it? You understand what I'm asking you? Yeah, yeah. You know, teams run things differently all the time. People run first and thirds differently, and they run bunch flat defense differently. And so they kind of have to come in here, and they kind of learn, like, our system. And so it's almost like they come in, and we talk to them like they're six six years old, like they've never thrown a ball in their life. And so we explain to them, okay, these are the 101s of a rundown. This is what we're looking for when we run this drill. And... And that's with, that's with everybody who comes in. We, we always, every year, go over it. And I've even made the players step forward amongst their peers and teach the 101 to the new kids because mm-hmm. I come to find out they learn and it, they retain the information longer when they do that. That's one thing that I have learned over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's interesting um, in that... You may not, and you may do that at the beginning of the year, Coach, but y- y- do you at least keep it alive by running drills, yes. running basic, fundamental drills every practice all the way through to the end of the Women's College World Series? Yes, because it is the fundamentals that wins ball games. It is the fundamentals that when the pressure is on, can you perform the fundamentals? I love to hear that. Yeah, That's a great so answer. I. Laura Berg, our guest on this week's Beaver Sports Podcast, also brought to you in part by the Beaver Lodge, where you can get Oregon State stories to your inbox by subscribing to the Beaver Lodge newsletter. Uh, you can stay in touch and in the know at fouroregonstate.org slash Beaver Lodge. Coach, I've alluded to the amazing year you had. A new season and a new challenge comes up, but did you feel as though last year with your 14 freshmen and your six sophomores in any way, in going to Oklahoma City, were, were you at all ahead of schedule? I know you're a competitor and believe you can do that with a group every year, but that's an amazing year with as young of a team you had. You look back on it with some sense of, of real excitement and pride for what your group did. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what, you know, Mariah being the leader on the team, you know, both in the box and on defense, you know, the ball in the circle, she, she, pretty much put this team on her back and carried, carried them to Oklahoma City. She said she had a goal set in mind. This is what I want to do. Either you follow me or you get out of my way. Mm. And for the young kids to see that kind of maturity and that kind of leadership, I'm excited because that's the expectation for them now. Mariah has passed, passed the torch onto this young group of kids. And so I'm really excited to see what they do with that. And is it a message you get to the across to the team or at least yourself and your staff that in college sports in particular Oregon State softball I can think of a number of stars that did that very thing especially in the circle going back to 1999 when I first moved here taking Oregon State at least to the 
NCAA tournament, and then of course mm-hmm. in 06 to the the World Series, and then other regionals throughout. There was always that one pitcher that really, really was just mowing them down for at least two years, their junior and senior year, and then a really good support staff. So uh, how fun is it to, to think, okay, who's going to be the next Mariah? Right. It's a, it's a lot of fun. You know, I've got Sarah Hindegas, who, who got a lot of experience last year. Um, Carney ended up getting hurt, and unfortunately, you know, injuries is a, is a part of athletics, and so we didn't get to have her in the circle as much. But the experience that Sarah had, and she ran with it. She wanted that ball, and she wanted to uh, be the one in the circle with the game on the line. And I think she got a lot of experience, and she knows she knows what the expectation is. I thought Mariah did a, an amazing, fantastic job of, of taking Sarah and putting her under her wing and, and kind of guiding her and mentoring her. Coach, when you talk about Mariah and the incredible leadership, and you know, you're either going to follow me or get out of my way, I mean, what a beautiful statement that is. Do you see signs? Do you see signs here in this group? Is it Sarah? Is there another player or two, Frankie, or somebody that is that has that mantle now of of, of you can tell, or do you kind of wait for that to emerge as the season goes? I can see it now. There there are glimmers of it that I see. You know, out of players like Frankie, out of Tarney, um, of like this is it's either now or it's never. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we got a taste of the College World Series. Obviously, we didn't perform very well there. Um, we had some unfortunate circumstances when it came to uh, illnesses and COVID and all of that. Um, but they got a taste of it, you know. And so I'm hoping, you know, and I kind of use the analogy of me when I drink my cup of coffee in the morning. That first taste is like so amazing. I want more, you know. <laughs> That's what this is, College World Series. You got a taste of it. Do you want more of it? So uh, it's just that, uh, that understanding of, of, you know, the hard work. There's 300-some-odd teams that also have the goal of going back to Oklahoma City. Are we going to let people stand in our way, or are we going to take what we think is ours? Well, you, you can find that in the recruiting process, right, as looking for that kind of grit in a player? Oh, yes. Yeah, you can definitely see it on the field, especially the tournaments that are – you win two, you lose two, and you're out of it. You know, the mm-hmm. national championship tournaments are, you lose two, you're eliminated. And so the more and more tournaments get back to that, you can definitely see those that, hey, game's on the line, I don't want to go home, you give me the bat. Interesting. Coach, last couple of things uh, with the season getting underway uh, and whenever people listen to the podcast, uh, this may be a little bit dated when you do, but... A huge weekend coming up. We want to talk to you a little bit about the the non-conference schedule that's always so challenging, and then you get into conference play on the road. We won't see you at Kelly Field until March 17th. (laughs) So you got a lot of work to do away from Corvallis. But before we we talk a little bit about this year's team and schedule, what about your staff and the recognition that you received at the end of last year and how grateful (laughs) you are and proud yourself as the head coach, Marcy, Marcy Green, Eric Leba, Shelley Prohaska, uh, now in a kind of a different position after the volunteer assistant work. But tell us about your staff and the recognition they received as the NFCA Division I Coaching Staff of the Year in 2022, what that means to you and to everybody in the program. Yeah, I think um, it's funny. I had one of my mentors um, 
other another coach, Joe Evans, she was at uh, Texas A&M, texted me and say, hey, this is the one that's special because it's your peers that vote for you to have this award. Mm-hmm. And so um, to sit to hear that and to sit back and kind of process it and think about it, um, it's it's pretty amazing, you know, for other coaches to to vote that way. Um, but you know, when you look at it, it's it's because of the players. You know, they're the ones that got us to Oklahoma City. They're the ones who got us that award because they're the ones who performed. And so it really is, it really is more of a, like, and I know it sounds cliche, it's more of a team award than anything. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. What's new at Kelly Field this year? (laughs) We have a video scoreboard that is getting put up as we speak. That's so awesome. They're laying the foundation uh, out beyond right field, and they are laying the foundation to install a screen um, that will uh, not allow, I guess, drivers to be able to drive by and, and look at the video <laughs> scoreboard. <laughs> the new video board, uh, 21 by 38, from what I read, high definition, high definition video content. It's going to be spectacular. And, Coach, it's part of when John asked the right, what's the latest? It's been something year after year these last few years, hasn't it? I mean, how important the lights, the indoor facility. Now this, it's an odd, you have to keep fighting and battling for your program, but how great, <laughs> how excited are you for the, the generosity of, of Jack and Kelly Burka and, and other people who've come behind you to make these things possible? Yeah, I just, I, I'm so appreciative. You know, the, the student experience that these guys have, help build um, for these student-athletes is just absolutely amazing. And the support that they give uh, to these kids, I mean, they, they are um, they're angels. You know, they, they, uh, the student-athletes are extremely likely, lucky to have them uh, a part of our program. Can, uh, well are you able to host a rotating Pac-12 tournament or a NCAA regional? Eventually, I know the Pac-12 will come to us. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to do it now with UCLA departing the Pac-12, um, but we will uh, host uh, the Pac-12 at some point. Uh, as far as regionals, I think we need to um, get locker rooms for the visiting teams and for the umpires. And so I know there is an initiative out there um, to raise fundraise for a facility that is just beyond our outfield fence for, um, for our team to have a locker room for visiting teams, for umpires, coaches, and men and women's soccer and track and field. Excellent. Boy, that's great to hear. Last thing, Coach, and that is I alluded to, the chal- as always, the challenging road schedule. We won't see you at Kelly Field until March 17th, but how do you like this weekend and the five games you get to play New Mexico twice, LSU, Nichols, and LSU again in terms of a way to get your feet wet into the season, then on to Tempe, Palm Springs, Utah Tech, et cetera. How do you like the way this shapes up, Coach? I love it. I think we have a great pre-conference schedule. We've got a lot of teams on our um, schedule that, one, has postseason experience, and two, has a high RPI. So we play Missouri when we're at um, the Marionetter. We'll play LSU twice. Uh, 
University of New Mexico, we've got a little bit of a chip on our shoulder because we played them first game last year and they beat us. And so a little incentive that we will use uh, or that I'll use for the team for uh, us to come ready to the to the field to play. So we play UNLV. UNLV is always strong. Um, they've got a great coaching staff. Uh, so I'm, I, I really am excited about we play Iowa, um, uh, a couple other strong teams I'm yeah. kind of blanking on on the teams right now, but because I'm so focused on LSU and New Mexico, Nickel State. Right. And that, that's the way to roll this thing out down in Baton Rouge this weekend. <laughs> Coach, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure My to pleasure. visit with you, and good luck this weekend. We'll be in touch. Have a great time down thank in you. Baton Rouge. Thank you. That is uh, Laura Berg beginning her 11th year with the rising program, Johnny. Yeah. It's rising. It is, and they're, they're coming off a College World Series experience that they didn't expect last year. Getting In fact, having to... First of all, win a regional at Tennessee is hard enough to do. Then they go to the Super Regionals and have to take two at Stanford, where the uh, yeah. it was an amazing atmosphere, and they come away with two wins at Stanford and get to the the uh, College World Series, which is, is a, a hard thing to do. And speaking of rising, you can move up in your career by earning an Oregon State degree online with over 100-plus programs to choose from, including business, computer science, natural resources, and much more. Explore them all at ecampus.oregonstate.edu. I usually talk about Benny's buddies because of the dogs that yeah. we have and the pony and the donkey, but that <laughs> ought to be your privilege today, Johnny. Well, Oregon State <laughs> has partnered with your local Toyota dealers to create the first ever official fan club for your favorite pet. They can get in on it too. Benny's buddies. Each member gets an official social media filter. And Toyota and Oregon State will be giving away collars, leashes, treats, toys, and a whole lot more. Sign up your pet today at OSHABeavers.com slash Benny's Buddies. And we'll wrap it up with a word with football uh, season tickets being sold and the beautiful new stadium. You're going to want to make sure you have OSU Beavers mobile because it will simplify and enhance the fan experience of tickets and parking and everything else. We encourage you to download, if you haven't already, OSU Beavers Mobile, presented by your local Toyota dealers. It's available now for free in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Great to talk some softball, baseball, softball, softball this weekend, baseball, baseball the following weekend. Here we go. Yep. As spring sports getting underway as the winter sports head down the stretch. John, it's been great to be with you. We'll do it again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week on another edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast. So long, everybody. This has been the Beaver Sports Podcast, presented by the Fearless Campaign, in partnership with Toyota. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Beaver Sports Network.